Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Lafondra looking to get side of Fon. Lafondra away from David. 3-1 running. Three points running. Hello and welcome to this rather feeble instalment of the Elm Park Royals preview podcast with me, Jacob Southcline. Feeble, you ask? Well, I'll tell you why. It's a, a slightly slimmer show this week. Um, Paul should just go ahead and Sack me on the spot as uh, after days and days of uh, hard labour and sending various uh, Sheffield United and uh, Swansea fans messages on Twitter, postcards in the mail, carrier pigeons with little notes tied to their feet. Uh, I've been unable to source an opposition view at all this week for either our fixture against Sheffield United tomorrow night, that's Friday, um, up at Bramble Lane. Or uh, Swansea on Monday. So uh, we've, we've got a veritable footballing feast uh, this bank holiday weekend. But unfortunately, everyone seems to have a busy social life, not being able to uh, commit to recording with me this week. However, fret not, because our good friend James Earnshaw from the Reading Chronicle uh, has uh, spent 25 minutes of his time offering valuable insight into what we can expect uh, across both of those games. Rather comedically, there's going to be a bit in a minute where I uh, say that we've just been speaking to a Sheffield United fan, but we haven't, so I lied to you all. Please sue me. Don't sue me. I don't have any legal representation. Let's just briefly introduce both of those weekend games then. First of all, we've got a tricky away trip at Sheffield United. We've got to go all the way up to Bramall Lane at 3pm on a Friday. 3pm on a Friday is unheard of. The Blades have been in scattergun form, a real mixed bag. I think, honestly, I think they've had a couple of wins, a couple of draws, a couple of losses in their last six. Um, don't hold me to that. You'd think I'd have the f- facts and figures to hand, but clearly not. Our pal Talk Reading tweeted earlier today saying that since going 10 league games unbeaten against the Blades between 2003 and 2008, um, we've now followed it up with 10 games without a win against Sheffield United. So let's see if we can break the streak tomorrow night, shall we? And then there's no let-up, because after that, a couple of days later, we're facing off against Swansea, who are in much better form, unbeaten in the last five, four of those wins. And uh, they have to play Barnsley, our fellow relegation rivals, uh, tomorrow night as well, whilst we're facing off against the Blades. So all to play for in the run-in. Let's hear what James Earnshaw has to say about both of those games 
Thanks for tuning in, guys. Ever since Paul wrote me into doing the preview podcasts as new host, um, I've really appreciated the support uh, and the comments and the retweets and the likes on Twitter. So um, keep them coming. Let's have some fun this week. Enjoy the bank holiday. Hopefully it's sunny. Have a very happy Easter. Let's get right into it. Buongiorno. You're back after the break. Uh, We've just said goodbye to Mr. Blades fan. We've got the next best thing now. James Earnshaw's back for his third consecutive preview <laughs> podcast appearance. How about that? We should start giving you, um, you know, in international fixtures where players get caps. Yeah, cap. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you're building up quite the uh, EPR cap collection. How are you, James? <laughs> yeah, I'm good. Thanks. Yourself? Yeah, not bad. Just about recovered from the Cardiff game. In no small part due to me getting extraordinarily mashed at Blue Collar Food before the game. <laughs> How did you find the Cardiff game? Are you, were you over it fairly quickly? You still sore? Was it a missed opportunity? Yeah, I wish I could have got mashed before the game, to be fair. <laughs> uh, it was a massive missed opportunity uh, after going one up in Boston the first half. But we didn't deserve anything from the game. So it, I don't mind sort of, well, I do mind, but they're easy to get over results when, when you feel they're fair. And we deserve to lose overall. So it wasn't one that I sort of lingered on. Um, but now it's just two sort of, really, really difficult games in such a short space mm. of time that I can't see us sort of getting anything from, which is disappointing. Yeah, see, I, I keep on forgetting that you actually work for a living and that you weren't able to drink before the card of game. Yeah, I know. You know you're, I have you're to make small... most of it after. <laughs> That's it, you know. Um, work hard, play hard. You know, <laughs> I, I imagine in my mind's eye, the Reading Chronicle officers, it's just like one non-stop bunga-bunga party. Like uh, Silvio mm, Berlusconi. Yeah. <laughs> it's ever since Benji left, you know. Benji was, I imagine, like the party animal down at Chronicle <laughs> HQ. Uh, <laughs> we, we took him to Blue Collar once. He has he has seen he has seen the uh, the delights that Reading has to offer. I mean, the Newark curse has, has gone on, hasn't it? I saw you tweeting this week about how ever since he's gone to Southampton, they just started getting battered 6-0 and, and, and all yeah. sorts. He's, that man is cursed. He is. Um, Charlton almost went bust. I think he took him three months to see a Reading win. And then he'd lost 6 0 in Southampton's first game. He's like this shadowy figure in the background, a bit like Kia Jarabchin. <laughs> yeah. like where, where, wherever he goes to, like, uh, he, he's always causing carnage. You briefly mentioned our uh, tough run of fixtures coming up. Uh, let's just get straight into it and talk about those back to back games because you can't really get much tougher than Sheffield United's. Play uh, promotion hopefuls followed by mm. Swansea, who we did beat earlier in the season. Let's not forget mm. with um, that iconic Andy Carroll uh, row, row, <laughs> row your boat celebration. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, which of those two games do you think is the most eminently winnable? I know you've said that you're not optimistic op- optimistic of us picking up anything, mm. but if you had to put your cards down, James, where do you reckon we can sneak a point or two or three? Would be very Reading, wouldn't it, to go and win away at Sheffield United. I think they've got the best home record, or one of. They haven't. They, I think they haven't lost in eight, at least at least eight home games. Um, yeah, I, I reckon. I reckon there's a point to be had in both games. I can't see us winning, um, mm. and but you know they're not. We shouldn't be scared of them. I don't think. Yeah, I was being lambasted on the post-match podcast at the weekend because I said. I, I I took a risk and said that the most winnable game was actually going to be Sheffield United because there's there's something there's something about Reading like you say it's a very Reading thing mm. to go and beat a team that we're not meant to beat. All right, we've mm. seen it this season, we've seen it in seasons before, and um, I don't know Swansea. We were t- last time we spoke, they just beat Cardiff four 0 
and they picked up another win, I think, on the weekend. Mm. So they're in form. Obviously, our unbeaten streaks come to an end, but I don't know. This, there's, Swansea seem to give me the jitters a bit more than than Sheffield United do. And um, we were talking about how we, how we we beat Blackburn, we nicked a point against Bournemouth. Um, that's the game where I see us as getting the points. Let's let's just talk about the danger men for both teams. I mean, Sheffield United just come down, obviously, from the Premier League. Mm. They've still got a bit of Premier League quality knocking around, haven't they? Yeah, yeah, Sanderberg. Um, obviously, Morgan Gibbs-White has absolutely lit up the league for them so far this season. Uh, and Heckenbottom said in his pre-match game that, because obviously Billy Sharp's been injured, but he said that now yes. they're at the point of the season where they might have to put him in just to sort of get him over the line, which no Reading fan wants to see Billy Sharp because he scores goals, and he especially scores mm. goals against Reading. Um and it's curse of the former player as well, because um, mm. I think I very briefly, embarrassingly, had a Billy Sharp shirt, actually. Oh, God. <laughs> I, must have, <laughs> I must have been one of the only Reading fans who've got Billy Sharp printed on the back. You should never... You've got a, lo- you a lone player. Never get a loney on the back of your shirt. <laughs> never. I was, there's um, uh, a guy um, who I know from my Bushwatch exploits, and we still follow each other on Twitter, um, Andrew Savory. Shout out mm. to you, Andrew. I, I hope you're getting on all right. Um, he might be listening, you never know. Uh, he um, had the ignominy of getting Reese Oxford printed on the back of his Reading shirt Oof. once upon a time. Can you imagine? I, li- I, li- the... I liked Reese Oxford, actually. And then he kind of slipped off the map, didn't he? he well, he got his to... head stamped on, didn't he, at the Leeds game? <laughs> uh, to be honest, and then that... he, played oh. in the... he played in the 7 0 uh, defeat to Norwich, or 7 1, and then he was never seen ever again. That now will derail anyone's career getting your head stamped on, though, won't it? It's like doing yeah. a um, Nelson Oliveira, yeah. No, that year, the, the sharp year was the prime Royce and Drenthe back on the shirt, oh. yeah. And you missed yeah, the Everyone, every man, woman, child, dog had Royce and Drenthe on the back of their well, shirt. Wait till you hear who I had that season. I oh, had... go on. I, I almost don't want to know. Go on, James. <laughs> Wayne Bridge. In, in yeah. <laughs> Big up <laughs> Wazza. The <laughs> real Wazza. Almost move along. Sure. I mean, move along, Wayne Rooney. Like just like a proper Wayne to get on the back of your shirt. So I think Wayne Bridge uh, played about seven games before he got injured for the season. And and obviously he came to us like directly after all the the John Terry stuff had kind of gone down as well. You know, like, <laughs> in the years intervening. So like we were almost yeah. like uh, rehab for him. He's he's going out. What he's married to one of the Saturdays now though. Isn't yeah, Frankie. So, yeah, so what what goes around comes around. Um, <laughs> we this this all this mad tangent came all about uh, as about like, we talk as talking about uh, Billy Sharp. Billy so uh, um, obviously talking about their strikers, um, they've also got uh, Ollie McBurney, mm. uh, a former Swansea player. Let's not forget. Um, so that's, I guess, the the link between both of our fixtures this week, the Ollie McBurney factor. I once saw him score a brace against... No, I think he scored one goal against Reading in a 2-0 defeat under Paul Clement, another former Did he one. score in the um, 4-1... Was he playing in the 4-1 defeat we had on the opening day yeah, of 2018 feel, or whatever, whenever I, it was? I, I feel like that rings bells as well. I'm not going to fact was, check uh, you. Reading had that tweet saying, new year, new start, new era. And then within one minute, <laughs> one nil Swansea. It was just... This is no new era. This is the same we, era. Yeah, we really are a club of of false dawns, aren't we? So that's that's um that's Chef United. They'd like to play a back three as well. I, whenever mm. I think of Chef United now, I think of, I mean, obviously, um, Chris Wilder's not knocking around in Sheffield anymore, but I guess that's something that Paul Heckingbottom's kept going. Is yeah. there overlapping back, three, back five? Yeah, Ender Stevens, Sam yeah. Bulldog, the more talented Bulldogs sibling, yeah. of course. Chris Basham. Uh, 
Yeah, and a, and a former Royal, of course, in Ollie Norwood, who, mm. since it's not often that a Reading player leaves Berkshire and continues to do well. Usually, a, a lad leaves Reading because he thinks the grass is greener, and it turns out not to be so rosy. But Ollie Norwood's gone from strength to strength and got promoted several times since leaving us. So uh, it'll be mm. nice to see him again. Um, right, moving on to the Welsh contingent. Let's let's talk about Swansea and uh, who we're worried about there. Um, like we said, good form. Uh, you look at them on paper. I'm always a fan of, again, mad tangent. I'm always a fan of sh- of um, Swansea's kits. I'm, I'm really, I'm a big fan of their, they've changed their logo for this season because like us, I think they're celebrating some sort of anniversary. Mm. And um, they're, they're class, man. And like, you've got the classy University of Swansea sponsor. And I think if there were to be a league, ca- a league table compiled on like quality of home kit... <laughs> Swansea would be up there. Yeah, but it's um, white though. It's just plain, isn't it? It's yeah, but I dark. like it. I like a plain shirt. Well, it looks man. smart, but it's just a bit plain. But <laughs> you, I can't you, remember the last time Swansea we didn't we beat Swansea at home. In fact, I don't think in my time of sort of remembering watching them, I don't think we've ever beat Swansea at home. And obviously, responsible for a lot of upset over yeah. the years. Well, they doubled um, us to the playoff final year. Obviously, beat us in the playoff final. Yeah, I think they, they, uh, we beat them away in the Premier League, but I think they beat us at home. I I cried profusely after they beat us at Wembley in Mm. in 2011. It was like proper manful. I think at the time I was like 14, but still, like it was. (laughs) That was peak running though. Just giving you a glimmer of hope. Oh yeah, and then to cruelly snuff it out and extinguish all like your hopes and dreams in the in the second half. Let it be Um, know what a year it would be or the year after. So I wouldn't change it. Exactly. Again, I'm starting to think I should be calling this episode "What Goes Around Comes Around." We talked about Wayne Bridge and uh, Frankie from the Saturdays, and uh, and Reading getting promoted after being battered by Swansea in the playoff final. Um, Danger man for Swansea. Another fan of a a back three slash back five formation. It's that's, that's going to be the flavour of the week, I think. Uh, mm. Joel Pirro has just scored twice for him against Derby. Mm. Um, he's he's a bit of a um. I think he's on he's 20 a, for the season now. Yeah, he's lively. Um, and obviously, uh, Oberfemi, who scored twice in the Welsh Derby, he, who's, mm. um, I think they've signed him permanently from Southampton now, haven't they? But he's another real danger man. Uh, yeah, Grimes as well. So. Fulton was one that was linked with us at some point, mm. um, on as a, yeah, which which obviously never materialised. So, so, bottom line is, They've got players. Latibodier as well is a decent centre back. Um, I'm just I'm, I'm looking at the lineups for Swansea Derby. By the way, another side note: there's a dude up front for Derby called Plange. Yeah, Luke, <laughs> Luke Plange or Liam Plange. What a visceral name! I think That's he incredible. signed for um, Crystal Palace because he scored a couple before Christmas. But then they've loaned him back for nothing to the end of the oh, season to help always. him out. With, uh, Always handy, yeah. I think imagine, someone did that. I don't know if it's Plange. Imagine if your name was James Plange. It rolls off the tongue, doesn't it? Oh yeah, it's such like such an air of authority about it. It's brilliant. <laughs> um, so t- we've, I guess, what we've what we've learned in this mad five minutes is both Swansea and the mm. Blades dangerous, dangerous, dangerous. And I'm I'm starting to think that your uh, your assessment of us going away pointless might not be. Uh, so far from the truth. So, uh, so yeah, Eek. 
Fingers crossed. Mm. Let's um, quickly then round up the week's news as well, because um, there have been murmurings in the Twitterverse and uh, in the papers that um, Paul Ince, interim Reading manager, might not be so interim after all. And the Reading owners are interested in keeping him on for next season. What are your thoughts about that? Uh, I think it was uh, kind of inevitable. I mean, it was one of those ones where once he came in, I never really had a doubt that he wasn't going to be here long term unless we'd gone down. Just strikes me as the easy option, um, mm. but it's a very Reading option, isn't it? Really, um, you know. But if ultimately, I don't mind who who comes in because they're in for an impossible task next year with however few players we've got. That we're going to be in another battle, so it's it's just got to be someone that can come in and keep us afloat again next year. But mm. I just want us to pick someone and just stick with them and actually try and build something rather than just this time next year have already gone through another two managers. Just yeah. either either go for a a long-term vision and just get someone and stick with them until they see their, you know, what they want to do or, or just bring in someone experienced that, you know, full well is only going to be there next year, but they're going to do a job for next. Just, there just needs to be a plan, which there doesn't seem Mm. to be and hasn't seemed to have been for quite a number of years. Yeah. Alex Everson on the post-match Cardiff pod was basically saying we we should earmark 2023 back end of, 2023 mm. for, for like rebuild season to begin and if Ince mm. can put us in a in a good spot prior to bringing in like a project manager yeah. then you know maybe I guess then all the hysteria is a bit unwarranted but it, the like you say there was an inevitability about it I mean the Reading owners don't seem to really do forward planning no. <laughs> you well, know, it starts me a bit of a Boeing and, and ultimately mm. we were all disappointed well at the time we thought we actually just about began to like Bowen by the by mm. the time he left. Um, and looking back, he had us very stable. He brought in some good players for free who kind of have done really well, done better than some of the big name signings. So maybe it's sort of slightly underwhelming to the to the yeah. eye is, is what we need at the minute. Yeah, I mean, because you look at the players at our disposal, our, our player pool is only going to get worse following <laughs> yeah. this summer oh, yeah. with, with the exodus that is brewing. And uh, talking about players who are still here for the time being, but are out of contract at the end of the year. Uh, let's talk Alan Halilovic, because in recent weeks, it's been like one big long game of where's Alan with an <laughs> yeah. A, like a where's Wally, because he's... he's um, On Twitter, put, seemingly. Very well, that's it. <laughs> he's put himself about on Twitter saying, yeah. you know, fit, fit and ready to go. And then yesterday, very cryptically posted a, a link to a video of him, I think, scoring a goal. Yeah, some of his with... likes as well. It, yeah. Some of the tweets from comments of fans, his likes have been very But you can always, like, people's likes on Twitter are always a window into the soul. <laughs> you, can <always> get a <laughs> sense, you can always get a sense of who a person really is based on their Twitter like. Uh, I'm just waiting for the day when people's bookmark folder is um, is made public as well. That's that's going to be like the end time. <laughs> Um, but yeah, Alan Halilovic, like you say, very vocal, um, mm. sort of, but vocal without being vocal, if that makes sense. You know, sort of leading little likes and comments on Twitter. Mm. Obviously not in favour for whatever reason with Paul Ince, whether he's fit or not. What do you think is going on? Is it just that Ince doesn't fancy him? Does he not fit the shape? Do you reckon there's been a falling out? I mean, it's all speculative, but mm. what's your gut feeling, James? What's going uh. on there? I've got absolutely no idea. I mean, Ince was very, very quick to shut him down yesterday when, um, I can't remember who it was, but somebody mentioned whether he was available and he just said, nope, just didn't didn't explain or, you know, sort of progress any further than just, nope, he's, he's not he's not an option. Mm-hmm. I saw him at the training ground yesterday in the gym. So he, he was there. Um, so he's about the place. Um, 
but it's yeah, but no, I, I wish I could know. But in fact, it's, it's probably something I'm going to try and ask next week. Yeah, because um, not that you want, an answer. But. You want a harmonious squad at the end of the day. Yeah. And um, we've seen with Reading squads in the past, whenever like a player is frozen out, either justly or unjustly, you know, you look recently at the likes of Gareth McCleary, mm. who was um, on the naughty step hunt for for weird reasons under Jose Gomez. <laughs> Liam Moore. Um, Liam Moore, indeed, who, of course, is back now that he's had his season-ending injury on loan mm. at Stoke. So it's it, all this behind-the-scenes stuff, you know, might have an effect on the running, and we'll just have to kind of keep an eye on it to see if mm. it, it goes any further. And I finally, put any money the, on him signing a new deal, though. Put it no, I, I think you, I think that's <laughs> spot on. I mean, in, we've we talked about players who are out of contracts and some having signed this year, the likes mm. of Junior Hoyler. I think Hoyler is one that we'd love to keep on. Mm. Halilovic, unfairly or not, because I've liked Halilovic when he's I've played, obviously has had his real problems with injuries and whatnot, but he's provided a bit of a spark, especially in games when Swift's been missing and, and he's mm. just another creative outlet, really. So um, if you're listening, Alan, um, I hope you get a break. Um, because you know we'd like to see you um, in the blue and white before you depart in the summer. But um, but if not, just um, we'll we'll send Paul into an email. You know <laughs> we'll, we'll 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 say you know come on Paul, give Alan a chance. Just you know give Peace a chance. Um, <laughs> finally, another lad who's he's actually signed on for next season, Scott mm. Dan. Um, he's out for the season, but now we're at the stage of the season now where we say he's out for the season, but in reality he's he's out for the next five games. Yeah. yeah. Um, he's one we were saying on the post-match Cardiff pod how it's weird that given that we know Dan's going to be here next year and Mike Morrison is out of contract it's Mm. weird how Morrison's getting more of a looking at the moment than Dan Um, do you have an opinion on that either way obviously he's he's, he's a bit of a miss given that our defence is already a bit thin Mm. Um, what what do you make of Dan being out and um, should he have been playing more recently? I don't know. He's not really. Even when he was fit, he wasn't playing a great deal, was he? Under Ince, I mean, he he was on the bench and came on just to kind of shore things up for the last sort of five minutes against Stoke. But he's hardly been sort of the first name on the team sheet. I mean, he's good, a good guy probably to have around the place, sort of experience wise, and who knows, maybe there's a, one of those contracts with a view to sort of helping the youngsters or sort of yeah. going on to the coaching thing in the end. But no, I'd love Morrison to sign a new deal. I think the way he plays, I don't think he's necessarily going to lose anything in the next year that means he can't play again next season you know it's not like he relies on pace or anything like that so the stuff he's doing now he should still be able to do in a year two years time he's popped up with some important goals this season and um he just seems to be a really solid sort of bloke to have around so yeah i kind of wish i kind of can see why people would prefer him to have had a new contract over dan but who knows in an ideal world maybe when we know what league we're in they might sign morrison up for another year anyway you're going to have them both. Reading love a signing like a Scott Dan or a Michael Morrison, who are clearly like good characters having the background doing a bit of the you know coaching because Morrison's mm. obviously doing the coaching stuff with with the youngsters and you know I'd and John O'Shea came in exactly yeah he was John a lot O'Shea older than the others and obviously Paul McShane who we might not have done the coaching stuff with Reading but then he mm. went then subsequently went away and is doing some some development role at Man United you know mm. back where he broke through the academy so. You know, that's clearly a factor when we look at the more old heads, you know, coming in at the back. So uh, we'll have to see what transpires, but we won't be seeing Scott down for the rest of the season. And um, let's, um, before we wrap up and um, get your score predictions for the Sheffield United and Swansea games, J, 
James. Um, it's been 10 years almost to the day that, um, well, since that night, mm. that away day in Southampton. 10 South years Anton, yesterday. Indeed, which basically, that that was the game which would ultimately see us promoted to the Premier League. And I think most Reading fans would agree that it was one of, if not the best, away days in recent memory. Were you there that night? No, no, I was I was eleven, so I, I wasn't. <laughs> I was I was going to the home games at that point. But mm, I hadn't gone no. away until a couple of years later, but yeah, I remember see, watching it. Oh, we were because my brother and I as well were watching it, and mm. um, we, we, my my granddad was doing laps around the living room. It was yeah, <laughs> unbelievable because we're a similar age, and for me, in, t- in terms of like formative Reading memories, mm. that's the one. It's um, w- weirdly, um, <laughs> I don't know whether this is like a sign or not. Uh, Adam Lafondra, who obviously scored that famous goal that night, he got an inform team of the week card on FIFA this week. Yeah, he's playing. Yeah, that's it. Um, so there's obviously there's been a load of um, pieces and podcasts and articles looking back on uh, that that game a decade mm. ago. Um, you can go and um, read one on the Towerhurst end with Lafond. It was like Lafondre's own take on that night. Paul's mm. going to tell me off that I've mentioned the Towerhurst end yet again. <laughs> um, but closer to home on a, on home turf on Elm Park Royals, you can go away and listen to not one but two parts of an interview with our very own Brian McDermott, who we were saying before I hit record, I want him to be mm. my dad. I love him <clears> to yeah. bits, mate. He's yeah. um he's he's, he's my the... manager. I was a bit too young to have Koppel. McDermott yeah, yeah. is my manager that I grew up with. McDermott, I generally don't think there's a bad bone in that bloke's body. I no. um he's uh, you were saying that it was his birthday last week and you were you, were, you or you, it was his birthday and you wanted to get an interview with him for the Chronicle and you were worried whether he was going to reply or not and uh, and he did saying oh you know thanks for the birthday which is just everyone's got a Brian McDermott story and if you want to hear some more Brian McDermott stories go and listen to Paul Mann. Um, interviewing Brian McDermott or here on Elm Park Royals um, it, you can get on Spotify you can follow the link on our Twitter just um, inject it directly into your veins it's, it's a good listen <laughs> I promise and um, I suppose all that's left to do James before we say goodbye to you for another week um, give us your score predictions firstly for Sheffield United what do you think? Uh, I'm going to go 1-1 I'm going to make a point yeah alright I'm going to put my neck on the line and say 1-0 Two. Um last uh to Reading. No. Well. Last last time I predicted a Reading, well, I predicted a win in a clean sheet against Cardiff. We know how that ended, so sorry everyone. <laughs> um and then finally on the subject of Welsh teams, let's uh let's hear your Swansea score prediction as well. 2 0 Swansea. Okay. All right. So you're mm. full of optimism this week. I'll take um, a point over those two games. Just keep all um, we've got to do is just sort of keep sort of plodding along now and picking up the points here well, and there. That's it. Because the run-in will be done before we know. I'm gonna, I'm gonna predict a one-all. How about that? Two low-scoring games. Um, yeah, you take them. Four points from those two games, Christ. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think I've received like a blow to the head over the last few weeks. I've never <laughs> usually this one, especially like when there's not a lot to back up my like optimism. But, but never mind. Um, let's see what happens um, over those two Anything games. Anything can happen. You can, it's football. You can, you can join us for the uh, post-match podcast on uh, Tuesday night. We'll hopefully have that one up. So, um, and and we'll have all of the fallout across those two fixtures. Um, after the break, uh, we'll be speaking to the Swansea contingent, see what they have to say ahead of our game on Monday. Thanks for joining us, James. We'll see you again no. soon. Have a good Easter. Thank you. Eat lots of eggs. Yeah, you too. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> cheers. And uh, we'll see or hear you guys at home 
after this very short break. Yeah, no, uh, hello, it's me again. No, I'm not actually a Swansea fan, it's Jacob. Um, that's the end of the episode. You've, if you've made it this far, congratulations. Uh, put your feet up, make yourself a coffee uh, or something harder. And uh, we'll see you on Tuesday, or rather hear you on Tuesday, dissecting all the fallout from the Swansea game and also probably a bit of whatever's going to happen tomorrow night against Sheffield United. I can't wait and hopefully neither can you too. Thanks for joining us again for this rather unorthodox episode of the Unpart Royals preview podcast. Sometimes it just doesn't work out quite as you expect, but that's just how it goes. And uh, there's probably a lesson in there, but before I bore you anymore, it's been Jacob Southcline here and a bit of James Earnshaw. See you next time.